Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. User, this is this is our time. I'm part of a a Facebook uh, page, and it's it was about it's called it's the good old days if you were raised in in back in my hometown of Saskatchewan, and uh, I was thinking about the good old days on a, one of my prayer walks this week, and I thought if my grandkids were to ask me what was good about the good old days, it's well I I wasn't good and I. And I wasn't old. <laughs> we, we've, got, we've got great things to look forward to. And this last week of fasting and prayer for me has created a, a great intensity and a great hunger for God. It was said of Jesus that he couldn't do miracles in his hometown because there was no hunger there. Let that not be said about Calgary. The environment may feel a bit hostile. The natives may feel a little hostile, but as we gather together and we believe for the power of God to move once again like it's never moved before, I believe we're going to see a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and I want us to look forward to that. Um, There is an an adage that says wisdom comes with age. Um, I have found that age can come by itself. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about wisdom for life, <clears throat> and age doesn't necessarily mean wisdom. It just means age. <laughs> just, just a number. In my case, it's a high number. It's getting higher every year. Um, I think that um, if we look around and we look at, our, at the days that we live in, if it were one thing facing us, we probably wouldn't feel... Uh, overwhelmed, but there's many things facing us. It's not just one. If it were a lockdown or something, or if it were um, a virus, but it, but it's not. It's much more than that. It's it's control and it's manipulation and it's deception and it's censorship and it's vaccines and it's and then all of this mixture and it's a super complicated time. So uh, I need to invite you to set aside specific time to get your head straight and try and silence some of the voices that are competing for the voice of God. His voice typically is not loud. But the only way you can confirm if it's God speaking or not is if you're spending time in His Word. Other times it's just an objective word. And sometimes we can't hear because we're not, we're not able to hear. We're deaf to 100% of the things we don't want to hear. I realize there's some things I couldn't hear. I can't hear... I, uh, when Abraham was able to hear, take your son, your only son, and sacrifice him. I'm not able to hear that. I don't want to sacrifice my son. Like, can you, right, of Joseph, he was to, he was to stone his wife Mary. I couldn't have heard that. <laughs> right? So there's some things, because we're not re- ready to make a decision of obedience, that we just simply say, I just don't think I want to hear that. <laughs> and... Uh, when we come before the Lord, that post I made is that humility is being willing to lay down what I think I know 
so I can pick up what God is trying to say. And that's a, that is a massive adjustment in our lives because uh, we want to believe what we want to believe and we don't, don't want people to mess with our beliefs. But it's the only way we're going to find liberty and freedom is learning to hear the voice of the Lord and, tr- and trust Him. Um, I want to, um, I just want to try to talk today about our second point in, the, in Wisdom for Life. And, um, and um, I'm just trying to think of what I need to say and what I don't need to say based on what Marsha just whispered to me before it came up. Um, <clears throat> there's a stunning passage in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 2. Um, I don't know if any of you, as I read it last fall, I made a note of it, and I just think, ah, what does that mean? And what we're trying to do in these days is um, learn to walk in the wisdom of God, not just the information or the knowledge of God, but the wisdom of God. And it says that um, anybody who, any, any spirit, here's how, here, here's how you can know the spirit of God, any spirit that doesn't confess that Jesus came in the flesh is a spirit of antichrist. I don't know if you've ever heard that or you've ever read that and you go, what? I, this, this just stopped me in my tracks. And um, I began to think about this a little bit, if, um, about what that possibly could mean. By this you will know, those who confess that Jesus came in the flesh. Um, and it's pretty easy for people to say that, that Jesus, I shouldn't say pretty easy, but it's often easy to say, oh, he was God. Yeah, but when he moved on the earth, he was man. He laid aside his deity. This, this is a big problem for those of us who want to not be responsible for greater things that he said we would do. <laughs> we would rather say, yeah, but, yeah, but he was God. No, no, he came as man. And any, any spirit that doesn't, doesn't confess that he came as a man, that he came in the flesh, is a spirit of antichrist. That's a, that's a, a, that's a mind blower for me. That means we are without excuse for doing exactly what Jesus did at least. And he said even greater in John chapter 14. This, is, this now puts the responsibility on you and I, not to say, yeah, but that was Jesus. No, no, but he said, if he came in the flesh, if he did it in the flesh, so you and I can as well. Just making myself a little breakfast today, and I was just thinking to myself, I want to see miracles this year. And then I thought, the instant thought came, well, you're going to have to have miracle services then. Where you can see, it's not going to just, you can't just wish a miracle. <laughs> And I'm just, that now, now, now that's a problem because I'm responsible for that little prompt. What are we going to do? And then I hear people in the prayer meeting this morning say, time for miracles. And I go, whoa. And you're all nodding. Are you ready to start praying? Because don't, not just me, because it's us, right? I've determined that anytime somebody says to me, I've got a need, I'm going to pray right on the spot. I'm going to see miracles in Walmart. God knows Walmart needs miracles. It needs its own, it needs its own <laughs> balcony where you can just watch people. And, and it's, it's hilarious. Um, <clears throat> Jesus is the wisdom of God. He's the beginning, the center, and the end of all truth. What he did, I can do. If you and I are as powerful as he says, we are without excuse. Excuses end today. Jesus ex- exercised authority over death, disease, and the devil everywhere he went. Um, I've just empowered you to do the same. And he faced every temptation, yet was without sin and stripped a grave of its power. 
It stripped death and the threat of death of its power. When people get nervous about uh, Jesus coming again, I said, no, no, the prayer of the church is even so, come, Lord Jesus. It has to come. We have to get to that place where whatever it takes, I want to meet him, I want to see him, I can't wait to get there. <laughs> the end times is simply just an end of a certain time and the beginning of a brand new one. <laughs> Lord, it's coming. I know, I know. All right, um, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 29. Uh, and I want to um, just mess a bit with the difference in the terms knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And I want to talk about the irrefutable, the immutable law of the seed. It's the biggest principle, the greatest principle of the kingdom of God. I believe it's the, the central issue of the kingdom of God. And um, to know something, to post something, is the difference in walking in wisdom. It's not Because knowledge actually doesn't build a life. Uh, wisdom does. Wisdom builds. In Ge- Genesis chapter 29... I'll just give you the stories before we read this passage, but most of you know the story. Uh, Jacob has deceived his brother and stole his, uh, his inheritance. And uh, he now, it's a beautiful thing, he, he finds his, his uh, wife, he, he runs away, he's on the run, he's living with the uh, weight of having stolen his brother's birthright, uh, Esau, and he's on the run. God meets him in a dream one night. He uh, finds um, his Rachel, and it says, um, I, I love what it says because I, I put my, my wife's name uh, in there. It says, Jacob spent, um, so then, and then, and then he says, if you want, and he finds his, his wife, and then Laban says, if you want my wife, if you want, you want Rachel, you're going to have to work seven years. Uh, so Jacob spent the next seven years working to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him only a few days. Everybody go, oh. The last 39 years, sweetheart, has just been a few days. And, um, and so he, he actually had made, he had sowed, he came out as a deceiver out of the womb. And he, but, and so his name means deceiver. And he was a, Jacob was a, a deceiver and a schemer. And, and he needed to break that pattern in his life. And until the end of his life, when it says he wrestled with God and man, did he break that? And God renamed him. He says, you're no longer Jacob the schemer, but you're now Israel prince. And, uh, and this passage he begins then by, by not having the self-awareness of what he's sown. And uh, we read the passage in John chapter, or sorry, Genesis chapter 15. I'm reading from the, the ESV. Then, then Laban said to Jacob, because you are my kinsman, should you uh, therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Sounds like a nice guy. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah. The name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak. <laughs> As you'll find out, it would seem like Jacob's eyes are weak as well because he, <laughs> he wakes up with a different wife. <laughs> uh, it says her eyes were weak. Um, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Mm-hmm. Smiley face. Jacob loved Rachel, and he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it's better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of his love he had for her. And then, then Jacob said to Laban, okay, give me my wife that I might go into her for my time is completed. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a, made a feast. But in the evening he took his daughter Leah, brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. And Laban gave his female servant Zilpah to, to his daughter Leah 
to be her servant. So it's, it's a, two, a two for, you get a two for one. And in, and in the morning, behold, it was Leah. <laughs> Who had the weak eyes, right? Um, behold, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, what is this that, what is this you have done to me? Did I not serve with you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? He's pointing at Laban of being the issue, yet he has sowed deception so far his entire life. My grandpa used to say, don't sow wild oats and pray for crop failure. <laughs> certain lifestyle patterns bring a certain consequence in life. And when you start blaming other people for the harvest that you've sown, you're actually not correcting the cycle. You're keeping the cycle going. He was upset. Can you, here's the deceiver. Hey, you deceived me. <laughs> it's a bit hilarious, I find. But, but for many of us in our life, we may not have the self-awareness to know that the things that are taking place in our life are the result of what, the result of what we have done, not what somebody else is doing. That's a, this, is a, this is wisdom for life. We need the self-awareness to, to look around us and say, don't, don't, don't make excuses, don't get defensive. Just say, okay, so what is my part in the harvest that I'm reaping right now? Could it be? And often, the first thing we want to do is point. Laban, how could you deceive me? Um, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. The interplay of these three have, the, have a, a, a huge impact on the decisions of our life. Um, um, <laughs> Let me just turn to Proverbs, and we're all reading through that as well. I just love Proverbs. It says in verse, uh, chapter 3, she offers, wisdom offers life, long life in her right hand, and riches and honor, in, is wisdom, <clears throat> is in her left hand. She will guide you down delightful paths, and all her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life for those who find her. Right? Garden. Eating from the tree of life. It's a tree of life, eternal life. It's, it's full life. It's complete life. It's a tree of life for those who... And, and happier those who hold her tightly. Uh, it says, but the wisdom the Lord found... By wisdom he founded the earth. By understanding he established the heavens. And by knowledge the depths of the fountains of the earth burst forth. And the clouds poured down rain. Don't lose sight uh, of these. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. They're different. Um... Knowledge can be very dangerous because you can use it for yourself or against yourself. We're living in an age where we have too much knowledge and not enough wisdom. I'm trying to get your common senses tingling. Not your spider senses. Knowledge, information. Unless, so what people can quickly do, you get information and you can qu quickly make it actions and decisions from information only rather than understanding. That's different. Understanding, you have to reflect on the knowledge to get the understanding. How does this all work? Without understanding, it, says, it said that understanding, how, how important is understanding? We can know something but not understand it. We would call that jumping to a conclusion. I got some information and I just jumped to a conclusion, not jump to wisdom. Um, 
I don't exactly know what's happening in the world right now. I know something's going on. Knowledge. Until I get understanding, I probably should be silent. <laughs> That's wisdom. <laughs> Knowledge is knowing something. Wisdom is knowing when to say something about something. <laughs> I see lots of people with information, knowledge, but not very much wisdom. Anybody notice that? Um, somebody said to me this week, be careful what you post because of, how, because of uh, how people read it. Completely oblivious to people were reading her comment as well, their comment, sorry. Um, I, made, I made this note. Be careful of what you say because what I... Be careful of what you say about what I say because of what people will say. Who cares? Like, who really cares? But see the difference? We got a whole bunch of information. What are you going to do with the information? Until you sit with it and understand what's going on, you probably shouldn't do anything with it. Uh, I'm not in trouble yet. <clears throat> a nation's economy is collapsing. With this line, safety and the saving of our most vulnerable. Even though they're injecting them with a vaccine that hasn't passed any safety tests yet. Knowledge, understanding, or wisdom? It's just knowledge. Uh, don't get defensive. Don't debate. It's information only. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. What are you going to do with it? Moderna, his first vaccine, they ordered 600 million vials uh, at the cost of $11.9 billion. History would indicate there's two things that people will do almost anything for, money and safety. I wonder if something else is going on there. I don't know. I don't have any understanding. But I have a question about that. What's going on? You see in the Chicago Tribune this week, the first doctor that died... Gregory, his Dr. Gregory Michaels from the vaccine. 30, 30, 30, over 3,000 people are unable to perform their daily duties because of the vaccine. Do you have enough knowledge about the vaccine to take the vaccine? Because it's it's technically it's not a vaccine. It's a mechanism. Information. You might note that I am not a non-vaxxer. <laughs> Information. Um, the only way, so this is why it's so powerful, people do anything for money. What's your cost? What's your price? What do you pay? Can I just say that for me, I actually hit a threshold that if my family were being compromised and were not able to get food, I would take a vaccine. I had a, I, there was a threshold for me. And you might say, no, 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 well, just a minute. What, I wonder if at what point, at what point is it? At what, what's the dollar value or the safety value? At what point? But you say, oh, I'd never do it. Well, I wouldn't do it neither, but I'll tell you, I considered it when it came down to my family. Because, but, but the only way we, we surpass the temptation of selling out to safety or money is by the wisdom of God. And then I go, just a minute, just a, hold it just a minute there. The Lord has promised his provision for me. What if I went to faith? What if I went to faith and believed God for my provision? Radical thought, huh? I'm trying to prepare you up. <clears throat> Am I the only one that wonders why vaccine companies demand relief from all liability with no responsibility? I, I wonder that. I wonder that. 
I don't know what to do with that information. I don't have understanding about it. But I got information is that our government now is liable, uh, not Pfizer, not Moderna. I go, hmm, what's the story in that? Are we able to hear that there might be another, what if there's another thing? I'm not sure. I don't have information about that specifically, but I'm, Gord used to say when we were making a decision at the board, uh, uh, let's, let's just give it the smell test to see if it's true or not. When I give this the smell test, I go, smells like Limburg cheese. <laughs> like there's something not, not quite right about that. Am I, I'm not sure what it is. Let's not be, I'm not, let's not jump to a conclusion. Uh, I got some information. I said to Kelly, I said, one of the best things I can do when I get some information is come and talk to you. Why? Because in a multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. Get some, get, get some other opinions. Neither extreme is accurate right now. They're just information. But let's, let's not quit asking others, and this is why the body of Christ is so valuable, because we can able to discern, that we might be able to discern together. The body of Christ is important. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the problem with believing half a truth is you're not sure which half you get. Today, to, so, so um, I'll tell you what's at stake. Freedom is at stake. A slave has no choice. There's something, there's, there's something up. I've never thought, I don't think since 1939 have we seen censorship like we're seeing it right now, other than North Korea maybe. That the, that the President of the United States with 80 million followers no longer gets to talk to his people on social media. You, wonder, you go, oh, I guess that's fine. What? What? When's that ever, ever happened before? Honestly. I mean, it's, it's, it's shocking, isn't it? So we can say, ah, whatever. I'm just saying, you got information, get some understanding before you start acting on it. Information is dangerous because it can go either way. We got to be those people. Uh, it, it, currently, as I see it, media is more powerful than rifles. I mean, that, that, um, that, that a media giant, a tech giant, can shut down the voice of a, of a president of a world power. Wow. No military involved. Just a simple... That to me is like... What? <laughs> echo, echo, what? Okay. Bible says that there's two ways to build a house. Uh, Matthew chapter 7. It says, a wise man builds his house upon a rock, and when, not if, when the storm comes, it doesn't fall. Listen, if you guys have built your house on a rock, storms aren't going to bother you. If you built them on sand, wise man built his house upon the sand, and the rains came to How are we going to do that? We're going to do it on, if we build our house on the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of man. On the rock of Jesus Christ, that's the wisdom of God. Two ways to build a house. It's a power of choice. It's one of the most powerful things uh, that we have right now. A story I heard so many years ago, an army invaded a monastery in, in um, uh, northern France, came charging in, killed all of the monks. They were reveling as the, on horseback. They were circling around in the inner court of the monastery, and the, um, the, um, they were... They were cheering about their great victory, and out walked one monk into the middle of the courtyard. 
the general approaches him on horseback and says, don't you know I have the power to kill you? The monk said, no, don't you know I have the power to take your life? He says, uh, don't you know I have the power to give up my life? Viktor Frankl would say the last freedom is choice. You and I have choice. When our choice is removed, we're no longer free people. We're slaves. As long as we're free, we've got a choice. When our choice starts getting removed from us, we're slaves. What does that have to do with what I'm about? You'll, you'll, it, it'll come around. I'm just about done here. God has done everything possible for a great life for you and I, but it's our choice. In the garden, there was a choice. You could have chosen. Yeah, isn't it interesting, right? Don't touch the wet paint. What do you want to do? You got the whole creation, all these trees. There's one tree don't touch. But, what's, what, what? but you had choice. This is always the case. God says, I, I, I need, there's going to be a portion that's mine. You guys work all six days all you want, but I want one day for myself. Of all nations in the world, I want one for myself. Portion. First fruits. All your income, I, I just like a portion. I just want to know where your heart's at. Just want a portion. Don't argue with me what percentage it is. But it's a percentage. He wants a portion. Oh, we say, ah, oh, seek first the kingdom of God. That means he gets a portion. Um, man was given a choice in the garden. I just, I, f- I found it fascinating. And I know if you read, you've read all of Genesis, and I'm just going to scoot along. But it says that in, in the beginning that God had not sent rain yet, no, nor had there been any uh, there to cultivate the soil. But water came up from the ground and watered all the land. It's amazing. Okay, what took place in the garden? Let me just go to the principle of seed. The principle of the seed... It's not always what you plant, but it's how you plant. The, print, the law of the seed re- requires personal responsibility, like I shared last week. Uh, a, a, an ultimate law, uh, an immutable law, actually doesn't require faith. It doesn't require a deliberate action. When I put the, when I put the seed in the ground, everything else is looked after. So here's the law of the seed. It bears after its own kind. I can't reap what I don't sow, and I, can't, and I can't sow and reap something different. That's the law of the seed. Understanding sowing and reaping is the height of emotional intelligence. That means I have responsibility for what I get in my life. That's what it says. It means if I'm self-aware, I can look around, and I can be aware uh, of the harvest I have in the garden of my life. I can accept responsibility, personal responsibility, for what's taking place in my life. Um, We would all say we understand that and we live like that, but yet we very easily, myself included, is I very quickly default to a victim mentality. It's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. This is over and over and over. Um, Why would you, why would you exercise road rage if you don't want anybody to exercise that towards you. It's coming back. But it doesn't come back as it was sown as a little seed. It comes back as a harvest. I find people screaming for justice, but what they really want, they want, they want people punished that don't agree with them. You don't, you don't want justice in your life. You want mercy in your life. We don't want to get what we deserve. <laughs> right? We want, and I see the people hollering for justice. Oh, yeah, well, what would you like justice? No, no, we want them. Right. Codependency. 
Now, I'm going to take responsibility for my life. Jesus used parables to get to the heart. So, so, he, so he hides his truth in plain sight. Mark chapter 4. He, he hides truth in plain sight. God, help me to share this word. Um, um, he, if he tried to explain using intellect, he would have, people would have got defensive. And they, when you try to use information to explain something to people, has anybody found it's just honestly a waste of oxygen? Just, but if you could tell a story and then they saw themselves in that story, aha, uh-huh. this is what Jesus did. <laughs> I wish I could do this. Um, the beauty of a parable is they're conceptual and therefore they go to the heart. There are stories about that. He'd use a natural story that revealed a spiritual truth. Uh, one of the barriers of understanding and trusting is that when we try to force truth into our experience rather than get another experience, another experience when, we, when we really need a new experience that connects us to the truth. That's walking wisdom. It's remarkable to me that he rarely used the mind or the intellect. Um, um, so so let's, just, let's just get to the point. It's not necessarily specifically what we plant, but it's how we plant. I meet people that are upset that when they gave an offering, they didn't end up with a bucket of cash. Oh, Jesus upset your little greed thing, did he? Oh, I understand. They come to me, they'll complain. Hey, it doesn't work. I said, okay, so how did you sow that? Well, I wanted like a hundredfold back. Mm-hmm, that's called greed. It's not just how you sow, sorry, what you sow, it's how you sow. It's not a small thing. This is a very, very big thing. Because in these moments that I'm sort of sharing stories, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you because I want you to respond at the end where you see yourself. Let's break the cycle. Let's pray for crop failure of things we've sown. It's called repentance. <clears throat> we had a little hobby farm. Most of you know that. Back in Saskatchewan, we had four or five acres where we grew strawberries and garlic. They're actually companion um, crops. The garlic keeps the aphids off the... Well, keeps everything off. Everything <laughs> keeps your wife off, away from you as well. It keeps people away from you as well. But, but you, you, you know, you grow, you plant uh, garlic different than strawberries. You know, if you tried to plant corn the way you planted potatoes, it, just, I, it simply wouldn't work. Take a half a cob and put it in the ground. It's, like, that's how you do potatoes, right? You just, all you need is an eye and uh, eye for an eye. And. But I'm saying it's not just what you sow, but it's how you sow it. Help us, Lord. It's a, this, is not a, this is not a small thing. So, so he says in Mark chapter 4, verse 11, it says, you've been, they're trying to say, what's this, what's this sowing? What's this planting? And, and what's this mean? You're permitted to understand the secret about the kingdom of God, but I'm using these stories to conceal everything that is for outsiders. He said, I'm going to, plant, I'm going to put the truth in plain sight, and some people will not even see it. Lord, give us eyes to see. We won't, we're blind to 100% of the things we can't see. Because they will see what I do, but they don't perceive its meaning. They'll hear my words, but they won't understand them. Uh, so they will not turn from their sins and be forgiven. But if you can't understand this story, you won't understand any others. This is a key to every parable. It's the key to a kingdom. The kingdom. It's, right? 
They won't understand anything else I'm about to say. So he goes on to say, he said that the, these things I'm telling you, they're actually hidden. He, and, and then he, he gives three illustrations. The first one, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a bushel, basket, sorry, under a basket, uh, under a bed? Because everything that is now hidden in secret will eventually be brought to the light. What is he saying? He says everything that's been planted is eventually going to be visible. Every seed that's been planted. Now, are we aware of what's being sown in our life? Are we aware how we're sowing it in our life? Not just what, but how it's being sown. Because he explains a little bit later, anyone who's willing to hear should listen, knowledge, and understand. Oh, how does this work? Understanding is how everything works together, how everything is sewn together. So you should, everybody who's willing to hear, if you're willing to hear, yeah, you should hear the information, and then you need to understand it, and, and be sure to pay attention to, when, to what you hear. Be, pay attention to this. When he says pay attention, what he's meaning is pay attention. The more you do this, the more you will understand. And even more besides. What's he saying? He says the more that you take time and reflect on what's being said, and you go, oh, when I plant a seed, it reaps a harvest. Oh, when I plant a seed, it reaps a harvest. The more you do that, you start going, oh, man, I sowed a bunch of anger yesterday. No wonder everybody's angry at me. Aha, you've come to wisdom. Okay, now here, now here comes the linchpin. To those who are open to my teaching, say open, open, more understanding will be given to them. If you're open, you'll get more understanding. You'll be able to sew it together. But to those who are not listening, say closed, closed, even what they have will be taken from them. Why? Because they're becoming more and more and more closed. If you're teachable, the entire world is accessible to you to take the information and the understanding and turn it into wisdom. For everybody who's closed, even what's accessible and available, even the knowledge you know will not go to understanding, it'll turn to the wisdom of man. And it, that's, that's the harvest that we'll reap. Seed, every seed bears after its kind. It was sowed in greed. What comes back? More greed. <clears throat> I want more. If it's sown in envy, what comes back? More. Why, why am I saying this? I'm saying because the last number of years, look around. What are we getting? What's around us right now in the world? S skepticism. Distrust. Anger. Deception. Division. What do you think has been sown? When you go down the sidewalk, you go into it, and you start, oh, what's happening? You begin to judge people. Why? Judgments have been sown. But mercy will triumph over judgment. You can break the cycle by repentance. Getting your face in the rug and saying, God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Why aren't people coming to me and asking more forgiveness? No, no, why aren't you forgiving more? When you start to do that, what starts to happen? Forgiveness starts to flow. Why isn't there more grace in my life? Well, how much have you been sowing? Why, why, why aren't people more friendly? No, no. How friendly are you? <laughs>
Stephen says, I don't know if you ever thought this or not before. Every, everybody knows you've had money show up in your mailbox. Hey, I want that too. Oh, well, have, how much have you put in other people's mailbox? Hello? Why is it getting quiet in here? You were roaring a minute ago when I said you multiplies. It's called personal responsibility and taking choice for the harvest in our life. If you want a different harvest, you put in different seed. I think I said what I need to say, but last point. This works 100% of the time. He goes on to say, here's another illustration. A farmer planted seed in the field, and when, he, uh, and when he went about his other activities, as the days went by, the seed sprouted, grew without the farmer's help. What do I have to do, Lord? What do I have to do? Plant seeds. Let him make them grow. What can you... You, you can say... I, we used to... We plant the garlic, and then I'd go... Uh, no. I went to sleep. I can't make the blessed thing grow. Neither can you. Do you hear what I'm... Okay, last point, and it's a small point because it hits me right square in the chest. We can't receive what we don't give. Selah. You can't harvest what you don't sow. You'll be unable to receive what you don't give. I know you might be grumpy about the principle. I'm just saying it's a law of the universe. And this happens everywhere, effortlessly. Free enterprise, hard work equals, equals a harvest, a cooperation with the wisdom of God. Wisdom of God would commit to be planting good seed continually, all the time, all the time, all the time. A good start doesn't promise a good ending. But here's what I've learned. For every Jacob, there's a Laban. Isaac was an awesome man. He's a meditator. He was an intercessor. He had miracles in his life. He prayed for his wife and good night. What a, what a miracle that was, right? I don't know if you guys noticed all the, all the stones that were rolling this week. As you're reading through the stories. I was praying last week about stones. I was thinking of Lazarus, but I, now I'm reading. And all of a sudden, all these other stones were rolled away over wells. He had to roll away a stone. Isaac was a good man. Well, what happened in the end of his life, uh, the problem with being a father is you never stop being a father. Someone told me once that children are a temporary assignment. I said, there's nothing further from the truth. You're, al you're always parents. You never stop. It's not when they're 18. You Now, phew, God, that's over with. No, no, it, it just keeps changing. changing. He, but, but here's what happened is somehow Jacob, the Isaac, who was a believer, um, meditator, intercessor, the Jacob, the, the next generation, went from being believing to scheming. And we all have to wrestle on our own, I know. Seed bears after its own kind. I determine my harvest, by how, how big my harvest is, by... By what I, when I take a seed and now I live and relive and I live and relive, Philippians 4 and verse 9 says, or 6 says, think on these things. Whatsoever is of a good report. Are you interested in a good report? Watching this funeral this week just reminded me someday we're all going to have one of them. I mean, unless the Lord comes. Think of a good report. What happens? What, what, what are you doing? You're planting seed. 
because your thoughts then turn into, they direct your emotions. And then your brain begins to wash with, with hormones and chemicals and you begin to live into the plans that God has for us. It's a, it's a, it's a profound thing. I'm just going to ask you to dim the lights. This week has been incredibly revealing for me for the, the, the things that I am disappointed with and the regrets I, I live with and some of, the, some of the harvest that I've had. And the Holy Spirit very gently took me to place where, because I understand what he reveals, he's trying to heal. And then I needed to spend some time saying, Lord, forgive me for sowing that seed and the way I sowed it. If you're here this morning and you're starting to think in your life, that some of those things that you're seeing in your life now, you want to wish them away. I can promise you wishing won't work. But I do know that confession and repentance absolutely 100% of the time works. If you're willing to acknowledge them and you're willing to ask for forgiveness for them, that's the only thing that I know of that will break the cycle of sowing and reaping because the Father will come in and he'll stop that process and turn it for, into a good harvest in your life. Dim the lights just a little bit more because I, I just want to see a show of hands. I'm not going to have people stand up this morning. Father, when I look at my life, I see that maybe like others that we've sown some things that we wish weren't bearing fruit right now. Lord, how can we be the light of the world when our light isn't as bright as it needs to be? I'm asking, Father, in the solemn sacredness of this moment that we acknowledge, be willing to acknowledge the places where we've seen harvest and we're willing to take personal responsibility for that. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand so I can pray with you where you are, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put them down. Father, feels like such a responsibility. But Lord, I thank you that we are much more powerful than we're led to believe. And this morning, I thank you for each one that's so uh, courageously today are willing to say, Father, forgive us for what we planted and how we planted it. We acknowledge our part and our responsibility. We ask for your blood to come and cleanse and wash from all unhealthy and ungodly fruit. And we ask you, the Lord of the harvest, would turn unhealthy attitudes, motives, intentions, and seeds into a healthy and a fruitful harvest of righteousness in the name of Jesus. And help us to be part of the righteous remnant and how that righteousness can exalt a nation and how we can begin right with us rather than pointing at our political leaders. It can begin right here with us at this layer. Father, make us that blessing so we can bless others in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Stand up with me before we go. The thing I'd like to pray for us all, if you're open, is a heightened self-awareness. So 
that we would be those mature enough to accept responsibility for the things that happen around us and in doing so that the Lord would give us eyes to see what we need to see so we can stop it and break the cycle in our lives. I, I, I believe that every generation is meant to break cycles from the previous generation. That's part of their responsibility that I want to do as best I can for my kids. But, but when Joshua left a few giants in the land, the kids had to clean them up, the Nephilim on those hills. Father, I pray for great self-awareness for everyone that's here. When people say those C3 people are self-mastering, God, I pray for self-awareness to be able to see and know what you're saying and doing in us. And may we be swift to hear and slow to speak. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. God bless you. You're released. Go and change your world. Amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.